What up guys, sports are finally back, and if you want to support your favorite team and support this podcast, head over to Fanatics for some dope sports gear. They have a ton of deals and amazing merch, including jerseys, hats, and all things sports related. All you gotta do is click the link in the show notes, and not only will you get some great gear to support your favorite teams, but you'll also be supporting our show and allowing us to continue to bring you guys some great content. So head over to fanatics.com with the link below to get all your favorite sports gear today. You're listening to the Up and Under Podcast, starting in 3, 2, 1. Yo, what's up guys? Welcome into the Up and Under Podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Joined with me, as always, it's Zeeshan. Yo. Alright, man. Off the jump, we want to apologize for not uploading an episode last week. Uh, A lot of things kind of came up, you know, things kind of got scheduling kind of wasn't great for us but we are back this week and we got a ton of content for you guys because clearly the bubble games have are basically done now right well yeah we're on what the last night Uh, as we're uploading uh, as we're recording this it's on the last night yeah um yes pretty much the regular season is done for everyone and you know just right off the bat bro i would say like this was amazing success for the nba definitely out of every I think out of out of all the craziness that has gone down, just being able to accomplish this feat, you know, getting this bubble in place, all the in, all the facilities, you know, the players, the teams, the testing, and having everything go as smoothly as it did. Not to mention the actual on-court product. And the, yeah, the on-court product was not bad at all. It was actually that was amazing. It was actually for being really honest, great. bro. Like, uh, like it made you like really not. I mean, like, you, I didn't really miss the, the regular atmosphere. I mean, I did, like, but they, I think they did as much as they could to mitigate that yeah. feeling. Um, I don't know how the players feel because it probably feels a lot weirder for them because they're the ones actually playing. Yeah. But for us as fans, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, as I said last episode, I think I said last episode too. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. Like, they did a pretty damn good job, you know, yeah. making as good as, you know, you could possibly do given the current uh circumstances yeah and honestly it's been pretty eventful to say the least man this Definitely. bubble was 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 pretty lit <laughs> it was it was really good man. like was really there good was sure. so much that was going on in this and so we decided that in this episode we're going to be breaking basically breaking down the nba bubble and giving you guys a thought similar to what we did for in on the last episode with the scrimmages we're going to be giving you guys some like some of our thoughts uh and some of our like recap uh of like the regular season from yeah. the nba orlando yeah. bubble and we will be crowning our bubble awards because the nba will be doing that i believe by the end of this weekend if i'm not mistaken yeah. i have... think uh it's the only the only people who are allowed to vote i'm pretty sure is the media members that yeah. are there yeah so no no outside voters yeah much. so we're going to be basically crowning our bubble mvp the best coach the all bubble first team and second teams and then obviously we're going to be concluding with the up and under segment for this week. So without any further ado, let's jump right into some of our thoughts from the NBA bubble. And I think the first one, the big one that everyone yeah. is talking about, the Phoenix Suns. They went 8-0 and in the bubble. But unfortunately, they did not make the playoffs. Listen, well, they didn't man. qualify for the play-in. Yeah, I was, I was rooting hard for the Suns. First of all, I want to get out of the way. I told you before... 
yo, they have a chance to make the playoffs, and you're like, no, 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 no. I I did say I did I did call you on the. Okay, that's fair. But look, let's be honest with you. Like, I you, said, bro. You, I said the Phoenix Suns are good enough to win most of their games and make a, have a real shot at this. Look, I never said that they they weren't good enough. Honestly speaking, like I was even doubting the Pelicans to make it. Like I just thought their schedule was that easy that like it'd be really hard for them to. I think a lot of us thought Pelicans would probably make it just because bro, of how play easy like their schedules. The Pelicans play like shit. Like, yeah, we're gonna talk about that in a bit. The Zion thing, like yeah, they play bad. But the Suns. I never said the Suns weren't going to be able to win games. I mean, I think their schedule was like kind of in the middle, I think, as far as difficulty is concerned. Uh, I don't really remember where, where it was. But they've always had the talent. I think you and I, when we when the Suns went on their, their run, you know, kind of early to start the season, this was like, well, we're talking about something that happened back in like... October. Yeah, it was what, like the first eight games or something yeah, they where were, they went like six and two or something? Yeah, they like were that. playing really well. They had that potential. But... For all the people that are feeling bad that the Suns didn't make it to the playoffs, I don't, to be perfectly honest, I don't feel bad because I'm like, look, if you're going to play this well in this bubble situation, where well, are you here, going Well, here's season? the one thing that screwed them over. And I guess it may not be all his fault. Did it? DeAndre Eaton. But did it? 25 games. Bro, 25 games is a lot. Look, man, but Aaron Baines really stepped up. He okay, was a but really good player DeAndre Eaton and Aaron Baines is... What a did huge difference. Really do in this bubble? Because honestly speaking, I didn't know he was good. Much. Man. He was good. Uh, their game against the OKC Thunder, they were down by what fourteen after the first. DeAndre Ayton came into the game, and what they won by like twenty or whatever it was. That that was because of the fact that DeAndre Ayton came to the game. DeAndre Ayton is legitimately one of the most offensively talented centers in the NBA. He just doesn't get touches or minutes. Yeah, he. It's just. You know, the ball is not in his hands, I think, enough. Like We've been saying that since last year, to be honest. He's been solid. Like, I think it's just his it's, it's overall presence, though. You yeah. know? Like, the fact that he's a, what, seven-foot-one guy that is that athletic at what he does. You know, able to move that well. Able to, uh, you know, create that well for himself, for other people. He needs to get better defensively. That's for sure. Well, from what he was in college, I would say that's a big improvement. He's been pretty damn decent defensively I mean, in his career. There. I mean, he, considering he, that in, he still can't he still can't post up Kyle Lowry, but you know, I mean, nobody, nobody can, can do that. Nobody so. can do that. But yeah, um, like uh, considering the fact that people after college were saying that he might be the next like Carl Anthony Towns defensively, I think he's done pretty well for himself. Wait, the next Carl Anthony Towns defensively? Yeah. As in, like, just being garbage defensively. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? No. Yeah. All um, Anthony Towns offensively would be amazing, but yeah. know, defensively is not great. But enough of the negative on the Suns. I think the Suns really showcase a lot of the talent that they really have. I think there's been a lot of backlash and a lot of criticism on the Suns for not being able to put a team around Devin Booker, but... Shout out James Jones. Yo, James Jones... He's done all. He's done all right. Like listen, man, we called it in the off season. Ricky Rubio was a great, great well, you did. pickup. You called that one. Yeah, I said it. Ricky Rubio was an amazing pickup for the Suns, and we're we're seeing how well it's worked and out. I really liked the, some of their young players. I liked Mikhail Bridges when he was on the team. Devin oh yeah, Bo- I've always been a fan of Devin Booker's game. We're gonna talk about the, some of the role players in in the bubble afterwards, but yeah, like the the Suns. Listen, at the very least. You're a young team. Devin Booker, your leader is 23 years old, right? So you're a very young team. You have a great starting point for next season. You go definitely and, do. Yeah, you have a great starting jumping point from for, for next season. You you can even though you didn't make the play in tournament, you can go into offseason having 
you know, feeling good, feeling great about your team and your success that but you have. But here's the question that I, I have, is that there are definitely improvements to be made to the Suns roster. Uh, but would James Jones touch anything on the roster? I feel like he's going to have to. You're going to have to, but... Like, there are players, like, would you keep Cameron Payne? I don't know, because you still have Elio Okobo, you still have Javon Carter, like... I mean, I don't think it's too big of a deal to keep I don't know because again they 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 need they need minutes and they don't really have a competent backup behind Devin Booker right now well again they have Ty Jerome yeah um you're gonna have to definitely fill out the roster a bit um but from what I remember there's their contract situation is not that bad so they should for the most part be able to keep their main players and then hopefully just build off of that yeah, and also shout out to Monty Williams. I think he did yeah, a we're gonna definitely job. talk about Monty Williams afterwards. But yeah, shout out, big shout out to Monty, especially job. especially for everything that he's been through in the past yeah. couple of years, bro. To be able to do this, we called um, it. He was a great hire. Yeah, he was a great hire, man. Perfect, one of the best hires, I think. Of the, I think the main thing for Phoenix is just as long as Robert Sarver doesn't screw this up, no which promises, given the man. track record, is very likely that he will. But yeah, you know, no hopefully problem. he Just... turned a leaf, a, a new leaf over. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the next point that we need to mention from this bubble is the Spurs. Their twenty-two year playoff streak has ended. Uh, they have made it to the playoffs every year since nineteen ninety-seven, and this season they did not. Um, and I think it's quite sad, you know. Obviously, Popovich is a legendary coach. To be able to have, you know, so many playoff appearances, straight playoff appearances, is un- unprecedented, I think, for most coaches, you know. And it sucks that it ended. It points honestly. to the organization as a whole. Yeah. Like you know, R.C. Buford and the R.C. Buford, um, you know, ownership going down as well. Um, I would say, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I think this could be a good thing for the yeah. Spurs because of the fact that it just, it finally puts you in that direction, you know, for the, for the last couple of years after, especially after Kawhi left, um, it was the whole thing of, and, Oh, should we Duncan tank? retired? Yeah. Pretty much after Duncan retired, it was a question of, Oh, should we tank? At least you had Kawhi Leonard though. But obviously after he left, that was pretty much it. But the question was always, Oh, should we tank? Or should we at least try to win as many games as we can, uh, due to having, you know, the limited amount of time remaining with, like, Greg Popovich. It's also the small market factor that San Antonio is not a huge market. That they always have to consider the fact that, like, you know, winning even a little bit of games and being an eight seed in the playoffs is still better than not making it to the playoffs and not being able to sign anyone in free agency. But, I mean, here's the thing. I know the small f- market factor is real. But at the same time, I think the success of the organization kind of uh, mitigates that a bit. No, it definitely helps. Because of the fact that, you know, you have a franchise as successful as this one. You know, some of the small market, you know, rules might not apply as much to the San Antonio Spurs. But as I was saying, I think it's it's it might be a blessing in disguise just because of the fact that it finally puts them on that direction of, okay, we got to rebuild, retool. And don't forget, the last time they had to do this, they went on a twenty-year dynasty with Tim Duncan. Yeah, they they got the they had David Robinson had an injury injury. They got yeah. the number one overall pick, and the rest. Speaking all history, of which, man. I don't want to you know put a damper on this, but that might happen to the Warriors. So oh we could see we could see a repeat with the Warriors. So my coworker's gonna 
go off, man. Like, man, trying yeah, to keep nah, that guy man. in check is going to be a mission. Nah, bro. So Warriors fans in Toronto, not allowed, man. Not allowed at all. Not allowed, bro. Yo, especially, especially after, you know, we, we beat him in the final. Yeah, shut bro. down Oracle. And, shut down Oracle. And destroyed your dynasty. But, um, yeah, like, it, it was... As you said, it's it's one of those things where it's you you're sad to see it go, but at the same time, it's move on to bigger and better things. Exactly, I think. Popovich said it best. I don't dwell on the past. Yeah, exactly. Next up, we have uh, Dame time, of course. <laughs> you know, we're gonna talk about him a bit afterwards as well, too. But yeah, Damian Lillard simply, I think, in the bubble, you don't just went crazy. Uh, they the Portland Trailblazers went six and two in the bubble. Damian Lillard multiple. Uh, he went for sixty two. Um, a 61 50 something yeah 42 42 in his last game yeah um and the thing is they needed every single point and every single win uh so you can't even say anything about oh um you know empty stats and whatnot because they needed every one of those points especially as we're going to talk about later on to cj mccollum um being injured with his back he has i think a back fracture something like that yeah so with CJ McCollum, your second star not being as healthy, um, and then obviously Yusuf Nurkic just being playing great for what he is right now. But again, he just came back too, so you're not you can't expect too, yeah. him. Yeah, off a terrible injury, you can't expect you know, him to go crazy like you that. Can't either. forget about Bubble Mellow. Yeah, Bubble Mellow. But again, like if we're being real, like Mellow's not yeah, New York it's, Mellow, it's, Denver it's, Mellow. It's been it's been Dame time, yo. Yeah. Like honestly, yo, Dame was one of the, he was the player that came out when the bubble thing uh, concept was announced. That like, he was like, "Look, if I don't get a chance to play for the playoffs, yo, I ain't I ain't playing." And a lot of people gave him criticism for that, which I thought was really weird because, like, if a player is gonna play, risk their their health and safety, they need to have a chance to at least compete. And I think you can tell Dame wants to make it to the playoffs, yo. He was not going to be satisfied unless the Trailblazers were in either in that play in. Or they got that eight seed and look, they got the eight seed. Like as much as I really like Memphis, they didn't play well enough. The Blazers simply played better to the point now where I think it's it's a sure thing now that the Blazers are going to make it to the playoffs. Well, especially Jaren Jackson Jr. isn't there either, yeah, so, so it's pretty much over. If we're being honest, from yeah. listen, anything can happen because it is a bubble. But you know, if we're being real. I don't think we would take Memphis over Damian Lillard, who's been scoring what forty plus for the past like five games, yeah. four games. Yeah, I, I, Dame is solidly, I think, a top two point guard in this league. Now you can. Well, argue, this this season is definitely number one. Well, this season, I would yeah, say I would say we have the difference of opinion on who the best is. Yeah, but definitely this season he's number one for sure. Dude, like he's really established as one of the best in this game, and like yeah. he he needs to get more respect, honestly. Definitely. Uh, moving on. Are we, uh, so uh, the next uh, thought that we had was about the whole Zion Williamson controversy around you know his playing time, the Pelicans not doing well, and despite having one of the easiest schedules in the bubble, failed to do much of anything like i think i think they put like shit i think um for most nba fans i would say minus zion fans i would say it was pretty hilarious uh because of the fact that the nba gave them such an easy schedule and yet they still couldn't they still they weren't even like mediocre man they were bad they were they were, they were you're looking garbage. yeah you're looking talking about zion williamson first of but all sacramento was better yeah, yeah. And Sacramento wasn't that sucks. great either. Sacramento sucks, let's be honest, man. Um, Zion Williamson, the issue with Zion Williamson, obviously, he needs to get into shape. We we all know that. The problem is, 
New Orleans wants to play it safe, which I understand. You have a generational talent, and you want to keep him as healthy as possible. The problem is, you're not doing yourself any favors if he's not playing half the time either, right? And Zion himself said he wanted to play more. The problem is, where do you find that balance between preserving his health and also trying to actually win? Now, I get, yeah, this year, you don't need to win. It's not a big deal, you know, if you don't make the playoffs this year. You have a lot of time. Yeah, you have a lot of time. The problem is, if this continues into the future, similar to, I think, a similar situation is what we're seeing with Joel Embiid every year. I think that's a pretty solidly similar uh, situation. No, no, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, again, I like Zion Williamson. I think he's a very... like He was probably one of the most interesting polarizing prospects to come out in the last last few years great attitude great guy too he's he's got all the the, the makings to be of like the one of the faces of the nba he really does he's well the, the nba is trying to make him the, the face the next he's got face. the wow fa- factor you know he's got the fanfare he's got everything pretty much you know but i think i don't know i think colin cowherd or someone who i was listening to said it best you gotta stop babying your superstars you gotta let them play like you like I think he may gave the analogy of the helicopter parent. That's what the Pelicans are doing, to the point where you're not allowing that player to experience, like to grow and be better. You know, you're holding them back by by restricting minutes and stuff. Now, are the Pelicans protecting their best asset? Yeah, they are, but you also got to win, and they went two and six in this bubble. Again, that's what I was talking about. Where's the? How do you find the balance? Because. You know, you can say what you said, and then I guess on the opposite side, you could also say, you know, at the weight that he's playing at and with the issues that he seems to have already faced, if you try playing him, we could see another, you know, knock on wood, Greg Oden situation. Look, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a physical therapist. I'm not like a medical professional of, of any sorts, but I do think dropping weight is going to be in his best interest because, again, like, what is he like? Almost close to three hundred pounds. Something. And he, the issue with Zion is like apparently it's just it's just he tries, but he's one of those dudes that just bulks. So it's so easy for him to bulk that it becomes like super hard just to drop down a few pounds. Yeah, but I think having an off season with this training staff, uh, continuing to work on it, because I think now that they know what they need to do, hopefully he can get in better shape for next season. Also, also. The fact that he left the bubble and then came back right before the season started, I don't think helped at all. No, that that not. definitely set him back. Like a I think good we mentioned chunk. that we're like, yo, he's not gonna have. Spe- yeah, time. he's a rookie too, man. Like especially like in terms of just playing, he's only played how many a handful of games so far too. So yeah. you know you're sending him back. But like on on the topic of the Pelicans as a whole, bro, the Pelicans were not good. Um, were- Brandon Ingram was, I thought he was pretty good. But Derek Favors seemed to have not—he seemed to have lost a step. I don't know if that's just off, uh, you know, the whole off-season thing of not being able to work out or anything, or if just you know, as a whole team issue as a whole. Derek Favors did was not the defensive beast that he was in the regular season. Uh, Lonzo Ball was terrible. He was terrible. Yeah, he was Brandon averaging Ingram like five and thing. four or something on like twenty percent shooting. <laughs> Um, JJ Reddy wasn't even that great, honestly. Yeah. Either. Like he was bad too. Um, yeah. Like it, it just like it was a collective shit show by the by the Pelicans. And I get it; they're young. But like, if we're talking about players, like again, like Josh Hart was pretty solid, I think, for the Pelicans. 
in the bubble. But Josh Hart is one of those guys where he's going to be solid, right? Yeah. But he's not one of your top guys. Exactly. The, the top guys have to play well. Like, I'm not asking Lonzo to score 20 points. But he 10. needs 10, 10 and 10. That's his game, or, 10 or and 10. 10 and 7. Yo, g- g- give me something to show And not shoot like 10%, bro. Oh you can't God. do that. Get a new jumper, Lonzo. Well, I mean, he definitely improved it. He, he, shot, a lot, <laughs> he shot a lot better this season. Problem is... I don't know. It's not. It's not. It was a whole collective failure by the Pelicans. I would be interested. I think before we move on quickly, I would be interested to see how much time Alvin Gentry has left. If this kind of stuff continues, I'm gonna give him another two years. Like you definitely, he definitely has some leeway considering it is a young team. But... So this season they finished as the 13th seed. Well, regardless of bubble status. If they finish, if they finish in the thirteenth seat spot again next season, I think he's gone. Then I think he's gone. If if, if they if he's within the nine, ten, ten seat, yeah. or even the eight seed, keep him. Probably, um, but yeah, that was pretty much like the whole Pelicans as a, as a whole, um, just their failure. Uh, moving on, we gotta talk about um, one of the points I definitely noticed was just a lot of bench players i would say getting better becoming more focused i think one example i'll definitely say is cameron Payne. we've made a lot of fun <laughs> we've made fun of him um a whole bunch and to be honest he's probably been he was probably one of the worst he's probably the worst nba player before um but yeah guys like him cameron Payne. competent he looked Ca- like bro had- cameron Payne. i will tell you i watched a good chunk of phoenix games myself he's looked good he looked um, good which even even you know personally watching the Raptors pretty much every game, uh, their role players have looked a lot better. Guys like Chris Boucher looks a lot more confident. Especially look, the last three games. Yeah, looks a lot. Uh, you know, just a lot more veterany. Um, oh, he has like shout out Stanley Johnson, bro. Man's been playing great in the Stanley past. Stanley Johnson hit a game winner over the Sixers, and then followed it up with the twenty-three point performance the next game. Stanley Johnson is the goat. Facts. Uh, Matt Thomas looks a lot more comfortable. Uh, Paul Watson. Paul, I mean, shout out Paul Watson. Uh, as a Raptors fan, I've always liked his game. He looks good. Like I, I've I, always liked his game. I see the. He potential. looks very, very. His game is very smooth and fluid. Even like play, he looks like a veteran out even there. Even players like Brad Wanamaker for the Celtics play has played really yeah. well for them. Um, and then like role players like Duncan Robinson had Duncan, great games. I mean, Duncan heat. Robinson's been um, great the whole season. Yeah, but I think it's just one of those things where. I think this was effectively... Oh, Deion Waiters? Yeah, Deion Waiters, yeah. This was effectively an off-season. It, it was the length of an off-season. Pretty much. I, We know, like, you know, obviously the first couple of months was, like, everyone was just in, like, complete lockdown. So it's not like they had access... I, well, I mean, their NBA players, maybe they had access to hoops and stuff. Unless you're Sergi Baca, make your own home gym, yo. Yeah, well, I mean, it's different if you're living in downtown Toronto in Doing a condo. Doing laps in the freaking yeah. But it's different if you're in a condo, right? But um, I think it's just one of those things where with an odd added off season, pretty much these guys, a lot of these guys just got a lot better, yeah. a lot more comfortable within their situations. Guys like Cameron Payne and uh, Stanley Johnson pretty much are playing for their NBA careers at this and point. They've been players that have been highly ridiculed for for their careers, like especially a guy like Stanley Johnson. You know, obviously top ten pick. Didn't pan out at all, but like he's he's worked his butt off. Like as much shit as this guy gets, he's worked his butt off this season. He voluntarily went to the G League 
to yeah. get reps in. Like, exactly. I, 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 we gave him credit for that. Yeah. We got respect that. Even a guy like Cameron Payne, where, you know, people made fun of him. Even executives. Than a, than a player yeah, bro. Executives player. even said that he was the worst, quote-unquote, player in the NBA. But guys, like, you know, when you're faced with potentially not having a job, you know, it can pretty it, it can a lot of the times it can bring out the best in you and a guy like cameron Payne, who has bounced around and has been in the league for a couple of years already um and was potentially gonna be out of the league he got his chance with the phoenix suns who were just desperate um phoenix had a lot of injuries and were just desperate at that point um for him to go into that situation especially to you know where they needed a backup for ricky rubio and then just play himself in there and then play great in 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 his what 15 18 minutes of playing time that he was getting um you know play especially the things like you know a lot of these guys just try to be you know uh pad their stats by scoring and stuff and you know show that you know they can play at an nba level by trying to score as many points as they can you know do some do the other stuff that'll show that you know you have maturity guy yeah, like cameron Payne. cameron Payne, his uh, his defense, I was very impressed with how great he was playing defense. You know, just the tenacity that he was playing with. Um, and, you know, his he wasn't shooting as much as he normally would, as I saw before. He's playing defense, just passing the ball, getting the ball in the right spots, um, making some nice... He was annoying. Like, literally, yeah. legitimately, he was really annoying yeah. to play against. But that's a good thing. <clears throat> that's a good thing, man. And it, I think the biggest thing is it shows the maturity in his game and yeah. in, in him as a person, especially, you know, in the NBA. Yeah. I think we saw that with a lot of role players. Um, yeah, this a couple off- of names I kind of want to bring out. Shake Milton is one that I do want to mention. Hey, Just- Shake Milton, I said before the season ended, he was a great, great pickup for the like, Sixers. He's well, great. He's a really good player. Looking at how he's just completely changed the dynamic for the Sixers, it's... I don't know why they didn't think of putting like using a, a, a proper point guard in the beginning, but he's one of those guys he again. Can shoot. He's one of those guys that is, has a very veteran game. Like he doesn't get rushed at all. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, take bad shots. He doesn't do none of that. He just plays his game, makes winning plays, is one of those guys that contributes to winning. Yeah, and I do gotta bring up uh Timothy Luau Cabral from from the Brooklyn Nets. Now the Nets we all expect them to go 0 and eight. Yeah. They didn't. They went five and three, and a lot of that had to do with like players like like uh, Luau Cabral stepping up. And, like, Again, obviously, it's, you well. know, yeah, y- you have more opportunity um, when you're pretty much on a G League roster at this point. But again, it shows, I think, also how good NBA players are. You know, like I mean, they don't just make it to the league by fluke. Yeah, but this is the you think about it critically. Well, listen, Anthony Bennett was a good player in college. It's just he was drafted way too high because Cleveland, for some reason, just really liked him. Yeah, check out our redraft of of, of that draft class. Yeah. We we fixed the, the mistakes. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, it shows how this is – the NBA players are, you know, if you actually want to think about it, NBA players are the top 1% in the world. Yeah. You don't – if you're top 1% of anything, you're – again, you're elite. No matter how far you are in the pecking order of the NBA, you could be the worst player in the NBA, but, you know, you're still a top 1% in the world. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man, bench players have definitely definitely had a great opportunity to improve, man, with this, with, with in the bubble. Moving on, the next thing we noticed or the next thought that we got to mention about the bubble is there's been a lot of trash talking and a lot of enthusiastic play. I think not having the fans around has really just 
opened up the floor to be a, I guess like, uh, what is it like a, a ball run typically? Like a, a it goes back run. to more of a, I would say like high school yeah, feel. Yeah, like high school, like you know what? Obviously, in high school, you don't have that many people there. It's just one team against the other. Like we we saw with the Raptors Sixers game, the benches were you know the starters were all on the bench. Obviously, these guys were just going at that it on the fun. bench, and that was fun, man. It goes back to the more uh, as I think who was it? Jack Armstrong was saying, "You're at that point." It's, it goes back to the whole love of the game, right? You're playing. The primary reason why all these guys went to the NBA was because they loved the game, number one. Before they got the money, before, you know, these guys weren't getting the money in high school. They were playing that, they played it because it was fun, right? It goes back to more of that atmosphere and feel. And dude, I love the trash talk. Like, probably one of my favorite moments, I brought it up to to Zishan when we were doing the notes, was Chris Paul, man. Chris Paul got pissed off at Duncan Robinson. (laughs) He threw the ball off of him to out of bound. And Jimmy Butler didn't like that. He stood up for the next possession. He trucked him. He trucked him. (laughs) Jimmy Butler knew that was an offensive foul. He put the ball down, he walked away. Chris Paul wasn't even mad. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Chris Paul was like, yo, I expected that to happen. It's it's it but goes back to it's a great atmosphere. Um you know, obviously you would love to have the fans there, but it's a very different feel when you don't have the fans there because it just goes back to more of that one on one team versus team feel. Just a bunch of regular a bunch of just regular dudes playing a sport that they love. And again, like you you gotta understand, like people don't really realize how big of a difference fans actually make when people are watching you there's so much additional pressure to to be good or to play well whereas if you're just playing in a pickup game well the pressure is pretty off not to mention the fact that yeah not to mention the fact that like you just have to carry yourself in a different way because people are like looking there's that added sense of like you know be more professional and all of that PR person yeah pr pretty much bro pr people like cameras everywhere, like people listening to what you're saying. You know, there's still cameras around because it's still the NBA. Yeah, but I guess the pressure, like it feels more like a, a pickup or like yeah. a rec, a rec league. You know, it, yeah, it feels exactly. Like that, it which, goes again as Jack Jack Armstrong said more about you know the playing the game that you love rather yeah. than anything else. Yeah, but I think that the enthusiasm, trash talking, it's been all it's been just great for the atmosphere. It's it's been a different fuel, and it's definitely I think we've all loved it. Yeah. Um, you know, given the fact that there are no fans anymore. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, our another, you know, one of our thoughts from the NBA bubble. Um, some of the top teams not playing up to their standard. For example, the LA teams, uh, the Denver Nuggets, the Milwaukee Bucks have not exactly played great. Um, like we've played like garbage. The Bucks. I don't even know what happened to the Bucks, bro. Like uh, Chris Middleton has been pretty garbage. Um, Eric Bledsoe is Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is Eric Bledsoe. Or you do Bledsoe, can't tell. <laughs> um, Denver, I don't know what's wrong with Denver, honestly. like I thought the rest would have been better for them. but Again, I think I think the issue with this is that most of these guys are just at the point where it's just like move on to the NBA playoffs. That's, that's especially what the feel I get from, you know, looking at LeBron, looking at the LA teams, looking at Denver with Jokic shooting like, Two shots a game, you know, just not really, just like trying to get everyone else involved. Milwaukee is, you know, I mean, Milwaukee's actually kind of trying to play because Giannis goes a hundred percent. But Giannis doesn't take no days off, man. Yeah, but it was one of those things. It was one of those things where it's like there's no motivation for them really. So it's like I don't like that because 
you know the the one thing I I think will will be a I I can maybe predict as a as a factor going to the playoffs if these teams are playing like shit now, and okay, let's say they're not trying. Well, if they try, but they're not used to playing that way, like how is that gonna work? You know, Here, like the, I feel like they're going to there's going to be stumbles rather than if you're playing consistently, you can carry that. Over. I would agree with that in most circumstances. But with top teams, I think it's different, especially with veteran teams like the LA teams. My rebuttal to that would be LeBron James, because this guy consist- consistently does that okay. every regular season. Besides LeBron, well, that's Do you my. You think Anthony Davis is capable of keeping up a high level? Well, of that's that's the issue. I that's I would say. I got like Kyle Kuzma. I have zero faith in Kyle Kuzma. I don't care what game winner he hit, man. I, Again, I, I will say I I've liked Kyle Kuzma better I, this I, season, I don't. but I still um, don't. I don't believe in him. But, yeah, like, again, like Kawhi Leonard's another example as well. Kawhi, okay, Kawhi, I don't, Paul George, same kind of situation with Anthony Davis. Um, Again, a guy like Lou Williams, what what version of him are we going to get in the playoffs? I, again, also the whole Lou Williams situation, side note, um, he's kind of been <laughs> bad in the playoffs for his whole career, especially, except for last year. So, you know, for all the Lou Williams uh, people like that are all hyped he's about a him. Season player. He's yeah. Well, I mean, he could change that this year, he but you know, based on the track record, um, yeah, it's not great. But yeah, I think it just comes down to like, are they just not motivated, or is it a bigger issue? We don't with know. a guy like LeBron. Track we, record shows that it's just yeah. him just chilling, we right? We know LeBron's just chilling. As a Raptors fan, I know that firsthand. Yeah. Like, they've been, like, dead last in pretty much everything. And I think I'm looking at guys in particular, like, Danny Green can't shoot. Listen, man, as a Raptors fan LeBron's from last even, year, I'm not surprised. LeBron's not even looking at Quinn Cook. Like, well, I mean, Quinn Cook, I don't think he's going to get that many minutes anyway. The Lakers' third best player right now is Deion Waiters. Like, I'm serious. Like, I... I have more faith in Deion Waiters than I do in Kyle Kuzma. I would just, say Kyle Kuzma's. I I would put Kyle Kuzma right now above dude, Deion Waiters. I I I can't man. Defensively, I, I think I think defensively what Kyle Kuzma is doing right now impresses me. Um, more more about the defense than the offense because I think his offense. I would agree with you on in his offensive situation. I don't. I'm not a fan of his offensive game because he's just too inconsistent for me. Both end of the floor, man. Like I just. I would no. I would definitely say his defense is definitely being. I don't know. I have more faith in Deion I'm Waiters. I'm impressed in defense opinion. this year. But, yeah, it comes down to, I think, I don't know, like, what do you think? Because the issue is, before we move on, um, you know, the issue is, are these just the flaws in this t- in the teams? Or are they just, you know, chill? Well, I would say it's a know. bit of both. Yeah, like, that's what we don't know. Because, again, the bubble has really exposed the Lakers' need for Avery Bradley. Yeah. Like, he, he's a big part of their team. Especially if you're going to be going up against Damian Lillard in the first round. Exactly. That's going to be the scary thing. Now, for the Clippers, I guess the lack of chemistry is something that's affecting them the most because they really also haven't... Also big men. Yeah, and the bigs. Like, I still don't know why they didn't address that. Like, they... I mean, they got Joakim Noah, but, like... I mean, that was... That, Joakim Noah's the best you're gonna, they're going to be able to do with the time they have. Uh, yeah. Like, you're not going to be able to address that until the offseason. And then in the offseason, obviously, you have the Montrez situation, so... Yeah, like, the... It's really interesting, man. Like, I can't tell if it's just if it's uh, them not trying or it's it's thing. It's just lack of effort. But I would say it's probably a bit of both. Honestly, but I would be concerned if I'm one of, if I'm a fan of these fan bases because 
if my team isn't giving a shit now, well, how are they going to give a shit when they're playing an eight seed and they, they, they think that, oh, we're going to sweep them? Well, that's the issue. Yeah, man. Um, again, the Lakers looked bad. I think I recently watched them against the Kings, but they looked bad. Yeah. Like JaVale didn't look great. Dwight was missing layups. Again, um, I think LeBron is still sat out the second half, but yeah, I, I see her. I'm looking at the role players. Like, I don't really care about the stars because I know LeBron's always going to show up when it, when it matters. He's shown that he, he can do it. But I'm looking at the other guys because you can't just win a team. You can't win a championship. Well, by that's why the playoff success is more often not determined by how well the role players play because you know what your stars are going to give you most yeah. of the time unless they just, you know, choke. But yeah. your stars are usually a given on at least what the minimum of what they'll give you. Yeah. It's about what the role players do because, you know, when defenses load up on the stars, the role players have to, you know, finish it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So moving on uh, to our next, our next point, it's more so a question really, but based on the playoff race that we just witnessed between the Memphis Grizzlies, Portland Trailblazers, Phoenix Suns, San Antonio Spurs, has this been the most entertaining playoff race ever? Like, it was so close to the point where I think there was, like, scenarios where any one of those teams could have probably gotten in. I think, definitely, I think in my lifetime, this might have been the most entertaining. Honestly, I wasn't wasn't alive in the 90s and 80s. Um, But this was definitely, I think, in my lifetime, the most uh, entertaining playoff race ever. There is one year... I remember in like the past like five or seven years, there was one of the years where it was like kind of like this year where there was like a bunch of teams at the bottom of the race that were all like one game separated or something. I don't remember what year it is. It's but very common in the Western Conference. Yeah, it is common in the Western Conference. I think it might have been the year that, uh, well, I think it might have been the year that Phoenix almost made it. There was that one year, remember, where it was like Eric Bledsoe and Gerald Green oh, and right, stuff. right, right, right. That right. almost made it. It might have been that year where it was like a super entertaining playoff race. But I think the, the, the thing that changes it this year is because of the fact that it's strictly like playoff teams this year. Because, you know, in the years past, it was just a bunch of like regular season teams and everything like that. A bunch of bottom dwellers still there. But this year, it's like specifically playoff base. And the fact that there was a chance for a play-in for the first time ever, I think made it a lot more interesting. Well, because- I mean, that's our next point of whether should the NBA, uh, whether or not should uh, if they should adopt a permanent play-in tournament. I kind of like it. Like again, I don't think we should like we should have like any any like any of the bottom teams play for it. I think that's really stupid. I think if you're within two maybe three games of the eight seed, there should be a plan. Because again, two games isn't a lot. Like we've seen in this bubble, you can easily lose two games, and another team can win two games. So. I think the one uh, the one thing in favor of it is that a lot of the times you see like the ninth or tenth seed teams might be like a team that would regular be. For example, the tra- Trailblazers, a team that would regular be like a top five seed, but because of you know whatever injuries or whatever, they might have slipped. But they're trying to make that deficit up, um, you know. So teams like that, I think, would uh, especially benefit from a playing tournament. And it would definitely make these races, like, a lot more interesting. Because I think, like, what, in years past, we've had, like, Russell Westbrook eliminate the freaking the Denver Nuggets. We had that Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota, yeah. That would, that would be a great, especially, like, OKC Denver series at the time. It would have been 
great. Would Russell Westbrook be able to clutch it out? Yeah, um, I guess Russell Westbrook different... literally hit that shot, bro. No yeah. way, that's not even going to do that to, to eliminate them. So, yeah. I think it's something to consider. Definitely something to consider. I think for sure we would definitely all like a play-in tournament from now on. I think I can say that for, you know, for the whole NBA fan base that we would like that. The issue is, like, you know, ironing out all the details of yeah. what it would be. Yeah, because, again, I, I brought up the point where it's like, well, you could have, re- instead of having the 8th and ninth seed play for the play-in, you could have had all four teams play for the play-in. Like, it's only three games. You can have the, the 8th seed take on the, the 11th seed, the ninth seed take on the 10th uh, the seed. And the winners of those two games play each other. Winner gets the the eight seed. And I think when you have actual season and then travel gets involved, then you know that makes it a yeah, lot more. Yeah, and that's where the details and stuff have to be ironed out. But again, it's definitely an entertaining possibility. Um, but yeah, those were our thoughts from the bubble, from the NBA bubble. Now we gotta really give you guys our awards for the for, for the for this bubble. And I think we we gotta start with the MVP, man. I think it was the official title, uh, all seeding game best player or something like that. Dude, it's the bubble MVP. Let's Pretty call much, it that. yeah. And there's a lot of players who could have been considered for this, but I think it's the obvious choice of Damian Lillard, man. Damian Lillard, based on you know the fact that he got his team into the play-in tournament, uh, probably will get his team into the playoffs. Um, again, I think the other candidates, you know, obviously you have your clear number two, I think, in Devin Booker. Um, again, it comes down to he wasn't able to. I think if he was able to make it into the playoffs, then I think we would probably have I mean, him as the. If he didn't get shut down by by, by Jimmy Butler, yeah. maybe he would be up there too. Yeah. Uh, but no, but Dame just clearly he's he wanted it more than any of the guys. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna say Devin Booker didn't want it, but Damian literally came in with the mission. Well, I mean, to be honest, in all fairness to Devin Booker, he did exactly what he could have. Yeah, no, he and, he did what he could. Dame just did it better, like. And especially, like, after he got pissed off by Paul George and Patrick Beverly, like, he, Damien, like, you don't piss off Damian Lillard. And then Skip Bayless pissed him off, too. Low-key, you know why Skip Bayless pissed him off? Again, it comes down to him hating LeBron, bro. Piss off Damian Lillard so that he well, would, yeah, 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 exactly. This guy will do anything to get LeBron out, man. He will do anything remember the whole Kawhi versus the Kawhi lebron thing oh hey Kawhi, i hate Kawhi, and then Kawhi spurns lebron james oh i love you Kawhi. i love Bro, you Kawhi. i hated that episode <laughs> freaking like where were you when Kawhi was leading the raptors to a championship this guy was number hating two. on this guy was hating on Kawhi the whole time number two but he hates lebron so much that he was he was willing and to let that say, all go he says oh i don't hate lebron though I don't, <laughs> I, I don't hate LeBron. I man built he, a whole career off hating LeBron. He did, bro. man. He, he did. But he, credit to him, bro. He makes bank for it. I mean, yeah. Can't knock the hustle. Yeah, man. So, Damian Lillard, the bubble MVP. The bubble coach of the year. And this is what we were kind of split on. Um, now, for me personally, I think the bubble coach of the year is... Should, uh, the bubble coach, not of the year. Is the, <laughs> best, yeah. The best coach of, 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 of the, the bubble. Of the bubble, I think, was Nick Nurse. Just simply because of the fact that Again, his he didn't need his Raptors to play. He, he rested a lot of his guys. He played a lot of bench lineups. He very they're pretty much playing for the second half of the bubble. They're playing with their G League such bench lineups. Yeah, and they went seven and one in the bubble, which is that was my exact reason why I was confused on teams like the LA team was Denver, Milwaukee. If you're good enough, if you're deep enough, well, the thing games. is, I don't think their benches are better than the Raptors. Well, That's... the Raptors have a lot of talent. Which is a credit to the developmental system. It's a credit to Nick Nurse. And I think Nick Nurse is really getting his credit in the NBA, man. 
I went with Monty Williams. I don't disagree with your Nick Nurse. Second for me. I don't disagree with your Nick Nurse pick. I just would go with Monty Williams because of the fact that Phoenix had to go eight and zero, and they literally went eight and zero. Then they had like a point zero three percent chance yeah, of actually like, had, doing that. Exactly. Um, they literally went eight and zero. Especially, I think. I think the thing that makes me put Monty. I think also the thing. Uh, Nick Nurse will probably win Coach of the Year. That's why I think that's one of the things that I was like Coach of the Year. Yeah, that was one of the things that was like okay, fine. I'll give Monty Williams the best coach. Also, the fact that Monty Williams inherited and had to work with an organization like the Phoenix Suns and the t- especially the team and the young talent that they have like the lack of cohesion especially you know you forget kelly Oubre wasn't even there either wow yeah yeah about that yeah so like the lack of like cohesion well, he was there. they didn't let him play yeah the lack of cohesion um you know just the overall situation that monty williams was in and he was able to still get his team to an eight you know perfect record and, and that was over good teams too man that wasn't just bad teams they were beating they were beating legitimately good teams um, so I think that was what made him, you know, the the the, the number one coach yeah. for me. For Either sure. way, it's hard to go wrong between Monty Williams and Nick Nurse, but they they both did two of the best jobs mm-hmm. out of Definitely. everybody. Again, shout out to Monty Williams, man! Like Monty big, did a every, fantastic job, man. There's a reason why everyone in the NBA unanimously like respects the guy. No, he's, right? he's a great coach. Um, and so it's Nick Nurse. Uh, and moving on to our all-bubble first teams and second teams. So the all-bubble first team, we narrowed it down to Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, TJ Warren, Luka Doncic, and James Harden. Now, the first three guys are a given, pretty much, like, everyone. That's Basically, the MVP candidates, if we had to, like, uh, had to Yeah, take. pretty much. Um, and then we have Luka and James Harden. Luka, I felt like he just had fun during this bubble. Yeah. Luca, um, you know, put up a bunch of triple doubles. He had that one monster triple double where he had like almost like twenty, twenty assists or something, yeah, something like that. Like that. Um, but yeah, Luca Doncic was doing his thing. Uh, James Harden also did his thing again. Luca and James Harden, they didn't win like most of the. Well, I guess what they won like more than half their games. Yeah. They yeah, so five, I mean, five, it's four. not like they won, they won out or anything. But yeah, James Harden again. It was just he was pretty much just doing James Harden, you know, yeah. scoring multiple 30, 40 point games. But. And no big man really, really did 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 amazing in this bubble. Like there was no bigs that really stood out, uh, which is kind of why none of them made it to the first team. Again, also this these uh, first and second teams are not position based, unlike all NBA teams. Yeah, so, so it's pretty much anybody. just top five and then top five yeah. best players. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, our second team was Kyle Lowry, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, DeMar DeRozan, and Karis LeVert. Um, starting out with Kyle Lowry, I think, because of the fact that just the 7-1 seven record. And one. Again, Kyle Lowry didn't play all the games. They were resting, blah, blah, blah. He didn't play all the, you know, minutes in, in the games that he did play. But, again, 7-1, you got to have somebody. Second best record in the bubble. you got to have somebody represent your team. Um, and yeah. Kyle Lowry was the best player on yeah, the Raptors. He was fantastic. In this bubble, um, Jason Tatum, I think, um, pretty under the radar, but I think again he's had a, such a fantastic season, and he played relatively well in this bubble. Like, minus the first game, after that he was yeah. again back to being the Jason Tatum before the like, season. He's, ended. he's, a, he's a good player, man. Um, and then yeah, Giannis under Kumpo again. Milwaukee wasn't the best team, but he Giannis, did his thing. Multiple thirty. Yeah, bro. this this guy. This I, he doesn't take a, any days off. I think that's the one thing a lot of people respect about him. He doesn't take games off. Like he he's going to he has that motor which is great. Uh, a surprise player is Demar Derozan, 
who, again, we all know DeMar is capable of being a great player, you know, when he wants to be. Um, but again, the fact that he was able to be uh, a great asset for the Spurs and really keep them alive, honestly. Yeah, they were they were very close to making it as well into yeah, the play-in tournament. Yeah, chance. I mean, obviously, like, again, like, they didn't have as great of a chance as, like, Portland or Memphis, but, you know... But yeah, he was the leader. He was the catalyst, main catalyst of thing, yeah. Main catalyst and, of the Spurs being yeah. that good. And the final player, Karis Levert, man. Like, uh, I gotta give Brooklyn the credit, man. No one expected the fact them, that they went five and three. Yeah, with no the one team expected that they them have. to go over five hundred. Like, let alone like even win a game in the, yeah. with this G League squad. Karis Levert played well, man. He's a like, he's we their all, best player. We all knew he was, he was. He's a really great player. Now, my only concern with Karis Levert moving forward is. Will it, how much minutes or touches is he gonna get with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Well, I back? think the interest. I think that's an interesting thing about him. How how valuable is he as a I trade asset? A, I think it. I think he's pretty valuable as an asset. Honestly speaking, I think there's a lot of teams that can give up some players for picks or assets or players for him. And yeah. also, what would you get in return? What would, what do you want in return? Well, what is what does Brooklyn need really? Like they have because you have your score. Your your scoring have, is good. Um, I maybe don't think. Big? I would say maybe a four would be great. Like to yeah. put next to Jared Allen. Yeah, well, they definitely need a four because they're running Tory and Prince up right I now. I could legitimately see them make a move for. They can make a move for a Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap, I think, would be a great, great pickup for them. So like that, like they. But can, again, Paul Millsap would also be a great pickup for like twenty nine of the other teams. Anybody, so. so. <laughs> Definitely interesting to see what... But Karis LeVert had balled out, man. Also, Paul Millsap is going to be a free agent, so... That's... Uh, no, I think he's picking up his option. Is he? I think so. I mean, I, why would he turn it down? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, He has, like, a 30 mil or yeah, something, Yeah, why would he turn right? it down? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, like... Um, yeah, yeah, definitely Karis LeVert played he great played as amazing. well. played amazing. So, these were all bubble awards. Let us know what you guys think. And also about our thoughts on the bu- on the on the NBA bubble. I think it was a great success by the league. Um, and looking forward to see what they do with, especially with next season kind of up in the air right now. Uh, moving on into our up and under segment. Um, first off, are you up or under on Vladi Divac stepping down as the Kings general manager, and Joe Dumars is now going to be stepping in as the interim? Um, well, I mean, I'm up on the fact that he stepped down because I think he was doing a terrible job, if we're being honest. But I'm under on the whole situation because of how bad of an organization they are. They are Not man. to mention that Joe Dumars is your interim. I know Joe Dumars had those great seasons building that championship dynasty. But, again, you could attribute some of that success to previous guys that were in the position. And then we saw what he did after the dynasty fell apart. I don't think and Joe he Dumars was, is a bad executive, though. I think he's a solid enough executive. I think he's me, better than Vlade for sure. Well, in my opinion, I haven't seen that he can be a great, a good executive yet. If he mm. shows me he can be a good executive, cool, man. Props to Joe Dumars. Yeah, but, but considering what he did um, in the latter part of the 2000, 2000s, with the Pistons team and how just like bad and garbage of a team it was like you know Joe Dumars is not my ideal candidate again he is the interim yeah. so you know I mean, it depends on back over the Vladi Divac I mean like he just made a lot of mistakes with the construction of this roster I mean where he had the young guys last season and then decided oh I'm gonna bring in veterans and pay uh, pay veterans pay passing Harrison up Barnes. on Luka uh, yeah, passed up on Luka Doncic, uh, paid Harrison Barnes 
a ridiculous amount of money again. Shout out Harrison Barnes' agent again, bro. Harrison Barnes' agent is a legend, and uh, we would love to get his number. Um, and then, like, again, the whole Buddy Heald controversy, and now you... Again, Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich is now going to be... Like, it's a mess, man, in Sacramento. And I can see why Divac stepped down. Or Not all. And their whole coaching situation as well. Yeah, Dave, the whole Dave Yeager situation, the Dave man. Yeager... Well, I, I still want to talk about the fire. Well, apparent, still again, out there. again, again, again. Dave Yeager is still a cat. Yeah, again, it was. Wow. Apparently, there's a lot of locker room issues with him. Like, apparently, people didn't like him, which, again, I'm not in the locker room, so maybe, you know, that's just fine. But again, having stuff like that, elite organizations don't have situations like mm-hmm. that in the first None. place. So, you know, it points to. And again, I'm not going to blame Vladi for everything because I think if you mm-hmm. look at. You know, the history, there is a clear um, one factor, which is Vivek Ranadive at the top. Yeah, so, Vivek Ranadive is a very Again, it, organizations start from the top. Organizations with solid structures at the top tend to do well from the top down. Organizations with incompetent owners at the top tend to not do great from top down. Let's be real. Vivek Ranadive is a very impatient owner. Um, and he really wants to see his team win, but he doesn't, he doesn't understand the concept. At least I don't think he understands the concept of allowing his team room to grow. And he's one of those guys that are very hands-on in terms he's of just very, going to the locker yeah. room, just being on the sidelines with the coach and, and stuff. that's like, fine, but let the guys do You gotta jobs. know, you gotta, either you gotta know your stuff or you gotta just let them have room yeah like right? you're paying these guys for a reason let them do their jobs man like like a guy like um who is it uh uh um jerry colangelo right man knows his basketball he's also an owner right if he wants to was like talk to a coach i'm cool with that because you know he's shown that he's no he, he knows his basketball i haven't seen that from ronnie davis so like i can't ask him to do that but um yeah that was that's pretty much the whole king situation uh, next up, are you up or under on finally the Chicago Bulls fire head coach Jim Boylan? Yo, I'm under on it because they didn't do it soon enough. Facts. Yo, we've been calling this. This this was good. This was this is. I think the whole what was is, it the whole city of Chicago was pretty much saying MG Six championships, D Rose's MVP, fire and Jim Boylan. Jim Boylan fired top three moments in <laughs> Chicago Yo, history. <laughs> we called this like. What two months ago, three months ago, Jim Boylan was go- as soon as Arturnis Karnisomas was was hired, but like Jim Boylan was gone. I'm surprised he took this long. Yeah, to do I it. think there was like some like just a contract well, I mean, shit that yeah. they had to deal Again, with. Again, but- it was about um, what was it? Oh yeah, Jerry Reinsdorf was talking about his losses financially and stuff. Which again, Jerry Reinsdorf is notoriously notoriously one of those cheaper owners. But well, he has um, six six championships. So I, I mean. Well, I mean, when you have Michael Jordan, yeah, you know. Hey man, you can put, you can give a shrug and just say, "Hey, I got sick." Yeah, games. but um, well, look but what happened. I mean, what what's their record after Michael Jordan? Yeah, we're not talking right? about that. So, talk exactly, about that. that's that's talk the thing. About that one. Uh, but no, man, it's uh, this is this is great news for the Chicago Bulls. Who are they gonna hire now? We've given a lot of names. There's there's been a couple names. I think uh, Kenny Atkinson was one. Adrian Griffin. Was Adrian another Griffin. One. Um. um Darvin Ham from yep. Milwaukee. I mean, Dave Yeager's uh, out there. I mean, I don't think. Uh, I like based Dave on Yeager. based on his track record. There's like been some Dave issues. Yeager. I really do. I think he's a great. Coach. I mean, assistant would be nice, but uh, there's one more guy. Is it uh, Nate, Nate Bjork, Bjorkstrand? No, 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 no. There's one more dude. Uh, that was 
at least in the conversation right now. Um, but yeah, guys like Jason Kidd and Mark Jackson will probably always be in the conversation. Always be in the conversation. Jeff Van Gundy as well. But the the bottom line is the Bulls finally made the right decision. They let go of a guy who was a cancer to their team. And everyone hated him. Everyone hated so. him. Like, it, it, it was a long time coming, but thank God they finally did it. Moving on, just to speed things up in the in the, uh, in the the effort of time. Are you up or under a Mo Bamba? He is going to be missing the playoffs for post-coronavirus evaluations. I mean, obviously, I'm hella under on it. Um, it sucks, man. It sucks. Uh, you know, he was looking... He wasn't looking great, but I would say he was looking better than, you know, previously in, in the season. Uh, obviously, he's still a young guy, too. But, um, you know... Obviously, I don't. I don't understand. I think it's probably just like he he said that he, was, he still wasn't a hundred percent even after recovering from it, and you know people talked about like the symptoms, like not being able to breathe properly afterwards. Yeah, it, 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 apparently they can linger for like up to like a year. Yeah, so that's that's you know I think that's the most like dangerous part of it is not it's not a, when you're actually infected with it because most people survive it's just like you I know the lingering effects that the that, 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 that magic are taking man yeah definitely. you'd rather be safer safe than sorry mm-hmm. honestly next up are you up or under on the houston rockets russell westbrook going uh missing the start of the playoffs with a strained quad i'm hella under on this one man um like stay tuned for our playoff playoff predictions man but this is going to suck for Houston, man. For a team that already didn't have great chances to making it out of the first round, this really hurts. Especially the fact that your whole team was kind of, at this point, based around having Russell Westbrook in lineup. Yeah. Because you spaced the floor for him, and you have, you know, the ultimate battering ram at the guard position, Russell Westbrook just driving in the paint and being unstoppable every single time down. Without that guy, your team is takes a huge drop a huge drop not to mention any of the other stuff that this guy does you know getting a rebound just running off in the break russell westbrook gets a lot of hate and some of it he deserves but he's a great player i think no one no one can deny he's probably one of the better best players in this league and the rockets are gonna miss him man like they are gonna miss him in the playoff like harden is going to have to carry a massive load Especially team. the fact that you only have theoretically two or three ball handlers on the squad. Yeah, what? Well, Harden, four. It's Harden, Westbrook, and Gordon. There's Gordon. There's Austin Rivers. But yeah, that's, Austin after Rivers. that, that's pretty much it. Your main two guys handling the ball are Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So after that, <laughs> you know, it gets we, a bit tricky. This was the thing that we always mentioned about Houston, where it's like if you're really strapping yourself on the two guys, it's like you live and die by them. <laughs> and. We saw how that worked with Chris Paul being injured. Did not work. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, are you up or under on Brad Stevens and Nate McMillan getting contract extensions from their respective teams? Uh, Nate McMillan has agreed to a one-year contract extension. I'm assuming Brad Stevens agreed to a five, but we don't know. I mean, Brad Stevens is locked in for however long he wants at this point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm up on it. Both these guys have done, I think, good jobs in the case of Brad Stevens has done a great job. I think Nate McMillan's done a good McMillan's job. Nate McMillan's done a good job. It's interesting to see that he got extended for one year. Um, I think it's the whole first round thing. If yeah. he can't get this team out of the first but round... But here's the thing, man. You don't have Sabonis in the lineup. Oh, I mean, that's... Yeah, I, I don't think we talked about that last episode. But yeah, Sabonis isn't in the lineup. That's your best player right now, currently. So, without him in the lineup, I don't think that's fair. That's, Again, he has one more year, so he does have another he year. He, he has a chance to keep his name with the team. But I think the, the, the team is also looking at... Uh, 
the, the the roster and it's like, look, we have a good team. We have players. I think it's one of those things where we it's need to get out of the first round. Good, not great coach, right? Similar to he's a for developmental example, coach. Dwayne Casey and Kenny Atkinson, yeah. all those. Guys. He's a developmental it's, coach. He's a good coach. You need a not coach to take to that next level. Yeah. Um, in the case of Brad Stevens, again, not much to say. One of the top five coaches in the NBA by far. Yeah, you know, so he's gonna he's locked in. He's gonna be one of those um you know franchise locked coaches. Maybe probably like if if I'm being honest, probably a Greg uh a Jerry Sloan, Greg Popovich, one of those guys. Uh, he solidified himself as one of those guys that are gonna stick with the franchise for like yeah. twenty years. You know? I mean, like the Celtics, I mean, depending on what happens, the Celtics but yeah, hopefully. Brad Stevens, man. And especially yeah, given the Celtics organization how they are. You know, that's probably a, a, a lock. Um, and then finally, are you up or under on the NBA considering up to four bubble environments for next year's season? Um, those bubble environments possibly being New York, um, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Las Vegas, and of course the Orlando bubble as they had this season. I'm up on it. I think they are looking a lot at what the what the NHL has done with, the, with their two hub cities and... Um, I think the only thing that's going to be a much of a, uh, an issue is inter inter conference play. Uh, like sorry, like uh, yeah, conference. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, like having having you're gonna definitely have to adjust the schedule because of the fact that you know you can't usually the schedule is you're playing one team on East Coast, for example, go randomly to West Coast here, there, here and there, right? Yeah. But you know if you're having four designated bubble environments, you're gonna have to play all those teams in one bubble environment, move on to the next set of teams in, you know, the bubble environment. But I think it's definitely something they need to look into just because of the fact that we don't know when this virus is going to go away. Like, it, it's going to bleed in the next season. And especially, it's probably not feasible to have one bubble environment for a whole season with yeah. 30 teams. Yeah, so, no, definitely you know, not. Probably not. I think four is, is, a, is, a, is a decent number. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, implementation is going to be key. But I think based on the success of this bubble and how they were able to do it so well. And just well, based on management of the NBA and how yeah, good they are that. consistently. I have faith in Adam Silver, man. Mm-hmm. I think if anyone can figure it out, it's, it's him and, and his team. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll just see what happens, man. Uh, but with that, that concludes this week's episode of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Once again, apologies for not for no episode last week, but we did jam jam this episode with a lot of a lot of content, basically breaking down the entire bubble. So hoping that makes up for it. But definitely subscribe to the show on all the various podcasting platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. Basically, wherever you can find a podcast, you can find us with the Up and Under podcast. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Up, letter N, under pod, Facebook.com slash Up and Under podcast. Uh, if you want to, you know, interact with us, if you want to get our latest updates when we post an episode or our reaction to news as they occur, definitely check that out there. Also, check out our website, upandunderpodcast.com. It's our central hub for the show. Uh, it's also a place where you can find blog posts about every single episode. So if you don't have time to listen to the episode, you can read about it uh, on our website as well. Uh, and lastly, man, playoffs are, playoffs are here, man. Uh, this is where shit, get, shit gets real, man. Uh, boys turn into men. And this is going to be fun, man. So uh, definitely going to be fun. It's going to be different for sure. It's going to be different. But the playoffs are here, man. And it's time for things to start getting real. But hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And we will see you guys all in the next one. Take it easy.